Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. After my discussion with Michael Jacobus last week about screen addiction and the need for true connection and community in our young people's lives, I thought talking with a good friend about building friendships seemed like the right way to go. My friend Sam Borak, along with his bride, Alicia, is the co-owner and director of Woodmont Day Camp, located in New City, New York. A lifelong camp guy who also, you'll find out, learned earned a law degree Sam has worked with thousands of kids and staff members of all ages and knows several important things about building friendships. When he's not running camp or parenting his two boys, Sam is also the president of the ACA New York, New Jersey office, which works with over 500 camps. So Sam has really got a wealth of knowledge. In the hopes of showing you that friendships can cross serious boundaries, full disclosure here, I'm a University of Georgia fan. I grew up in Athens, the home of the dogs. Uh, I've supported the teams forever, and I even have a degree from the business school there. So the school that we have the healthiest, shall we say, rivalry, to me, it's probably Florida. You want to guess which school Sam went to? (laughs) I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation on the art of building friendships with my friend, Sam Borak. Sam, welcome to the campfire. Thank you, Cole. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Um, so I, before we get into talking about friendship, I, I really have to know, how does a Gator lawyer become a program director at a summer camp? A Gator lawyer ends up, well, I grew up going to sleepaway camp. So it was a part of who I was as a kid. And, and as most young adults, you you think you have to get out of the, the camp world and join the real world. And I went to college and and was qualified after college to do nothing. So I went to law school. Um, and when I was in law school, I happened to meet a, a woman whose boyfriend was working at a camp. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of as a joke, I said, you know, what do you make working at camp these days? And she said, don't laugh. It, you know, it, it, it could be a real business. Um, and so that led to a, a meeting with uh, the owner of, of the camp, which is called Camp Laurel in Maine. And he said to me after the meeting, he said, you know, what do you have to lose? Come, come to camp for one summer and then you have your, your, your whole life to be a lawyer. Um, so against my mother's best wishes, I, I <laughs> decided to go to camp that summer. I did clerk for a family law judge. So I, I did get that on my resume that I, I was doing something with the law. Um, but I went to camp that summer and never, never looked back. It, it, you know, I think what, what they say is, uh, 
if it if if you're if you're happy with what you're doing, it doesn't feel like work. Mm. And and being at camp never felt like work. You know, as you know, you know, better than anyone, you wake up at seven, you work till midnight, and you do it all again the next day. You take you know one day off in the summer where we work like animals. Um, <laughs> But but at the end of the day, it doesn't ever feel like work. You know, it feels like something that you're you were born and, and drawn to do. Um, so that that's what led me to to camp and stayed at camp and and then it, that eventually led me to meeting my wife who was working in the camp industry mm-hmm. and then she and I taking over a, a day camp and becoming the directors there. That's fantastic. Well, it's a, it's an amazing journey. You know, we we have kind of similar journeys where there's no way you're going to do this, and all of a sudden you realize you get to do this. Like right. you get to run summer camp, and it's yeah. a total gift. Yeah, Excellent. It's, um, it's it's truly it's truly a blessing to you know to be able to do. So, as a, a lifelong camper yourself, I mean, you must have had just tons of friends. I mean, I know you're a very social guy, so you have friends back home. I'm sure growing up, but you also had camp friends. What were the differences there? I mean, the differences are pretty astounding. You know, when you think, when you break it down as, as a young child, you know, your school friends are, are your friends in kind of a periphery way. You know, you, you play next to each other, you're in class together, you're friends with the kids that are in your class, and, and you might hang out sometimes after school. Um, but it, it's, a, it's somewhat of a superficial relationship because of the amount of time you're spending together. You know, you're, you're in school, so you're not really connecting that deeply. Now, you might play basketball after school or, or hang out at the movies or, or do something, but you're, you're not spending the time that you do at camp. You know, mm-hmm. when you're at camp, it, it's 24-7, and back then it was a full eight weeks. It was, you know, 56 days, mm-hmm. um, and you spend all day together just for good and bad, you know, and they really mm-hmm. learn what makes you tick, and I think that's what, what creates the, the breadth of friendship that – when you can see the good in people and also the bad and still appreciate them, that's the, the mark of a, of a true friend. And I think <laughs> camp, camp creates that, you know, you, you're not going to be great every day. You know, you're going to have your bad days, mm-hmm. but your, your friends at camp understand that, that it's just a bad day. You know, you're not a bad guy. You're just having a bad day. Right. Um, and we all and have those. everyone has those. And, and you're right. You know, those friends that, that I made it at sleepaway camp when I was eight, nine and 10 years old, we, we get together every two to three years and do a, a bunk reunion. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, these are guys who live all around the world now, and we, we make it a point, and it's not easy, you know, as you know, with kids and work and everything else, um, that, that, that we make a point to get together, and you fall back into your old routines. You know, I'm, I'm Sam from, you know, bunk seven at B'nai B'rith of Ottawa. Um, regardless of what I'm doing in my life now and being a parent, you know, they, they still will, will remember the things I did back when, when we were little kids. <laughs> That's awesome. So one of the things I think about a lot, and I talk with Kate quite a bit about, is that our boys usually do stuff with other guys that are kind of in the same genre. So they, they're interested in the same things. Right. Were your camp friends like that? Yes they come no. I mean, Yeah, I, I think that we, we appreciated each other's differences, you know, it. Yeah, I think of my good friends at, at Sleepaway Camp. You know, we would, we would be able to talk about sports and get into sports, but one loved doing the play, you know, and he was always the, you know, a main role in, in when we did the theater production. Um, another was huge into water skiing, you know, and that was really his passion. So we had common interests, but the, the real thread that tied us together was camp. It, mm-hmm. it was less 
what we're doing. And, and I think you're, you're, you're spot on when you talk about that. You know, my, my son is, is good friends with the kids from his baseball team. You know, they, they talk about baseball and that's their connection. Um, I don't know if, if they stopped playing on the same team, they would probably not be friends anymore. You know, that's, that's the, mm-hmm. the, what, what draws them together. I think at camp, the connection is camp. You know, it's, right. it's the color war. It's the, the evening event. It's, it's the activities. It's all of the things that, that keep you intertwined. Yeah. And I found that the fact that our kids at, at camp come from so many different municipalities and so many different places and so many different ways of thought, thinking that it, it almost provides a better environment for which to branch out and make new friends. No question. You know, you think about camp and you have, you have African-American, you have uh, Asian-American, you have white, you have Christian, you have Catholic, you have Jewish. And, and what they all bring together is a love for camp. So all those things are, you don't look at, at, at what the person is, you look at, at who they are and you appreciate them for that. And, and you really build some incredible relationships because of that. What do you think camp does so well to create an environment that, that allows for something like that to happen? Because I know that every teacher, every school administrator, every parent would love to create something like that, you know, in their own sphere of, in, of influence. What do you think camp does so well that creates that? I think some things are organic. I think some things are just being away, you know, being disconnected, um, not having technology, being away from your parents. You know, that environment of, of independence makes you rely on one another. You, you have each other to, to kind of get through the tough times and, and, and the good times. Mm-hmm. And then I think many camps you know, are very intentional about building those friendships and relationships and having bunk meetings and doing things together and um, talking about you know, what, what, what it's like to be a part of a team and, and really focusing on the, on the relationship aspect, which schools just simply can't do, not because they don't want to, but they have tests and they have standards and they have uh, things that they have to work to. That the, so the social aspect is, is, is secondary and at camp that, that could be primary. We, you know, we as camp directors can say, when you leave camp this summer, our goal is that you've made good friends. If you get better at soccer, that's great. And if you learn how to swim, that's great too. But ultimately, we want you to, to connect with your peers and have really great role models. And, and that's something that we can do that, that schools and, and other institutions just don't have the same flexibility or freedom. Right. Well, and to be honest, the idea of going in and trying to teach a fifth grade class, you know, for 180 days, I mean, my hat's off to them. And they're just, oh, <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is, you know, waking up, I, I am much happier talking to a parent about camp. And, and creating programs than, than going in and, and, and managing a group of, you know, 22 to 25, 10-year-olds all day, uh, <laughs> while also trying to teach, you know, not just, not just keeping their behavior in, but, oh, by the way, you know, here's, here's Abraham Lincoln and why he's yeah. <laughs> So, you know, at your day camp, you've got boys and girls, and, and you've got, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you've got kids that are three years old all the way up to 16, correct? That's correct. Exactly. I mean, that's a, and they're from all over kind of your region around New City. Right. They're from, from Rockland County, Bergen County, Manhattan, and Westchester. So anywhere within about 25 miles of camp. So you've seen kids, and, and I know a number of your kids, and they're fantastic, that you've seen a lot of kids grow up over time. You know, when they start as three, four, five-year-olds, are you really thinking about building friendships or are you thinking about them having kind of parallel play? And, and then how does it change for you guys over time as the, as the kids age? Yeah, I think with the three, four, five-year-olds, we're not as much thinking about building friendships as we are teaching social coping skills. Mm. So you're teaching you know, how to share. 
You're mm-hmm. teaching, you know, what it's like to have to follow a group, you know, and, and not to, you may love Legoland, but you got to leave, you know, it's time to go to soccer. And we know you want to stay, but you're part of a group and, and the group has to move on to the next activity. So when you have a three or four or five year old, those are the skills that you're working on more so than here's your good friend, Bobby, or here's your good friend, Susie. Um, Cause that will happen, but, but we're more teaching the life skills that go along with, with building strong relationships. And then as the kids get older, then it is really teaching it core values of what it means to be a friend and what it means to be kind to one another and what it means to be inclusive and not exclusive. And, and, and those, those tenets are, are so crucial to relationships that, that we focus more on that as, as they progress and, and are more mature and, and more understanding of, of what it means to be able to do those things. So I, I want to press you a little bit on this because yeah. we – you know, you and I both have boys. I've got three boys. You've got two boys. And right. we work with boys and girls. And we certainly know that our our boys are very different than the girls of the same age. No, yes. no matter what they like, there, there's something that is very different between the two. Do you do it the same way? I mean, I would think that the girls are much more open to that idea of being relational. And the boys maybe have a little bit harder time kind of getting there. Yeah, I, I think that you, you can't do it the same way because it, they're different. You know, boys and girls are, are, are just inherently different and, and have different characteristics. So you, you, the, the theory is there in, in for both, but the, the putting it into practice and the concepts will then be different. So for boys, it might be teaching teamwork in when they're doing ceramics or basketball or something else of you know, what it means to not leave someone out. Um, mm-hmm. And for girls, it's it's sometimes more emotional. Where you know, if you're walking down the path together to an activity, and 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 you block out another girl who wants to join your conversation, then you know that that's an aggressive behavior that has to be addressed. That they may not see as aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you definitely work with each individual group in in a different way, for sure. Got it. And have you seen that? How do you see the friendships kind of growing and blossoming? Because I imagine that at Woodmont, by the time they get to be their CITs, 16-year-olds, you know, you've had a lot of these little pockets of friends that have kind of joined up into one really big bubble. Right, and then and then and then end up being staff because uh, you know our staff can can be you know, juniors in high school, which mm. which is which is young. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so it it is fascinating to watch them grow. And and I my background was sleepaway camp, so I I was kind of biased in thinking that. You know, real relationships can only happen at sleepaway camp because you need rest hour and you need the bunk time at night to be able to build mm-hmm. those those pieces. And the reality is it, it, they, they build a day camp almost as equally because of what camp does and the way mm-hmm. that, that we all do it. Um, so we, we definitely see those relationships build from when they're three, four, five to blossom to when they're eight, nine, 10, and then spending time on the weekends together and, mm-hmm. and going to each other's bar and bat mitzvahs and, and sweet 16s and you know, continuing those relationships throughout the school year. Because you referenced this at the beginning, you know, kids have their, their school friends, they have their, mm-hmm. their sports friends, and then they have their, you know, quote unquote, real friends who are their camp <laughs> friends that, that really know them, you know, that know who they are because kids at camp can, can shed their skin. You know, they can really mm-hmm. show who they are. They mm-hmm. can blossom and, and there's no pressures to, to be a certain way or, you know, to be the artist or the jock or the, 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 um, the nerd, you know, they could just be themselves. And, and I think that's why their relationships at camp grow so much more exponentially. Yeah. And it's funny. I think that we, as parents sometimes pigeonhole our kids a bit 
Yes. You know, like I look at my oldest and say, all right, well, he's a jock. And yep. I look at my, my middle one and, you know, he's the outdoor adventure kind of wild man. I look at my youngest and he's the, the gamer and he's the creative. So, you know, they need to play with kids their, their same kind of genre back here at home. But yet at camp, they're just who they are. Right. It's yeah. just amazing to me to see those connections that are built without those expectations. Right, because at home, you know, your younger son, who's a gamer, is is drawn to the gamers, and they'll they'll play Fortnite at night together online, and and they'll connect in those only ways. on the weekends. <laughs> only on the weekend. All right, good for you. We're, we're the same. Monday through Thursday, we're we're technology free. Yep. So when my son comes home in half an hour on Friday, it's like the uh, you know all, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> I don't get back to it. Um, but at camp, you know, you're in a cabin and you're not with nine gamers. You know, mm-hmm. in a cabin, you're with nine boys and some of them might like gaming and some might like you know the the Atlanta Braves and some might like you know Hamilton and mm-hmm. and you have to navigate and figure out who you are within that and have to get along with all of them because you're in a in a in a closed environment and you, there's no way out you know you can't you can't escape that um in in a very positive way right yeah i, I tell families all the time camp is not prison you know right. you, you don't have to be here you get to be here um and there's certain you know, we, we call it a garden where you've got these fantastic walls. And you can play all you want within the, the garden. But, you know, we do have things that you have to do. You have to be kind to people. You do have to listen to everybody. You have to understand that there are consequences, both good and bad, for every action. That's just kind yeah. of how it rolls. Yeah, every, every uh, action has an, an equal and opposite reaction. You know, that's that, that's yeah. true for science and for kids. Oh, fantastic. So what do you think are some of the things that parents back home in the world can can learn and take and apply you know the things from camp and apply it back to their their lives back home i think there's so much and i think that 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 that, that parents today are so challenged in in how to do it you know because if you take what what we're doing at camp right and and think about the core parts of it and and what is it that we're doing we're putting kids together you know that are not necessarily the same where we have a, a common theme, you know, which is togetherness or, or you know, um, uh, the value of camp. We're taking away their technology. We're putting them out in nature. You know, we're, we're letting them, you know, be leaders and, and also sometimes be followers. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes at home, we as parents get so caught up in the race of that you know, we got to go to tutors and then we got to get the one-on-one basketball training and then we got to get, you know, to, to the next thing mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting kids be. You know, and and just having, you know, some kids over and just telling them, you know what, guys, put your phones on the table and go outside and, right. and just go play together and figure it out and, yep. and figure out something that's going to be enjoyable. And then, you know, come in and eat and then and then go back out and, and be together uh, and be present, you know, and, and camp really makes kids be and counselors, not just kids, because. You know, we forget that those relationships that are built as as young counselors, the 19, 20, 21 year olds, you know, they're also experiencing the same thing as the kids. You know, mm-hmm. they're connecting with people in a way that they haven't connected to in, in an extraordinarily long time because they're face to face and they're having conversations and they're they're discovering who they are. So I think that, that when when parents think about those those things that happen at camp, you know, they can they can translate it to to home. It just takes a lot of effort. Right. Yep, it, it does. It it takes being very intentional. And I don't know about you, but you know, 
I go from leading our camp and creating the type of community that you're talking about as well, where everybody's included and there's a lot to do and there's a lot of fun stuff and there's no technology to coming back home and the boys who I've not seen for six weeks, I literally have not seen my boys for six weeks, just besides we say hi in the dining hall real quick. They come home and say, well, what do we do? I'm like, right. like, I'm not here to entertain you. Like, right. I don't know. Well, let's go entertain yourself. Let's go figure yeah. the call a friend, go do right. stuff. No, um, you, you, you have an hour till we're going out and then dad, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, dude, you, you got to do something. And, and I'm not, I, it's not my job to tell you. The only right. thing you can't do is pick up your phone or your iPad. Whatever else, the world right. is your oyster. You can do anything else you want. And they, they're paralyzed. They look at you like you have four heads. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Right. And sometimes it's so much easier for us, you know, as parents who want our children to succeed and, and feel happy, quote unquote, you know, that we just go ahead and say, all right, we'll just figure out something for you. Right. How much of that happens at camp, though? No, I think there's there's not as much that happens at camp because at camp, especially as they get older in, in all of our programs, they get more freedom. You know, they get mm. they get more uh, elective based stuff. You know, I know at Wequaic, they do that. At Woodmont, they do that. And so it, in some ways it is there for them, but they are making choices. You know, they mm -hmm. are figuring out some things to do. Um, but they're, they also they're put in this environment that is safe. And, and, and they're also in a community, you know, when they're home with me and you, they don't have their peers, you know, to, to figure things out. They're, they're on their own Island. When they're at camp, you're almost never alone. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's easy, it's easier when you're with, with others to figure it out. Um, you know, my son had, had, my older son had tons of trouble sleeping at, when he was 10 and 11, but he'd go to sleep at camp with no problem. And then he'd come home and I'd have to stay in his room for 20 minutes and the lights were off for 10 minutes. It was this whole, you know, rigmarole. And I'm like, dude, you're at camp and I'm not there. How do you sleep? And he said, dad, I'm not alone at camp. So, yeah. it's, e so it's easy. And That's then really it's home, right. It gets home and, and it's, it's now it's, it's on me again. And it was, uh, it was a difficult year or two of, of really going through sleep challenges of, of a struggle for all of us. It's so funny when you say, when you said that, you know, dad, I'm not alone. I, I honestly got chills because that to me is the beauty of camp that we actually get to be tribal again. We get to be around right. other people that feel the same way about a lot of things that will back each other up no matter what. And we don't have that at home. I mean, it's the thing that you want with, you know, the robotics team or the basketball team or the, the kids who do the play, you want them to kind of feel that way. And there's a little bit of that, I think, but when you're at camp, I mean, it's truly shoulder to shoulder. Like we're there together. And I don't, you know, I think that there's not a lot of that at home. You know, my, mm -hmm. my son was playing on a basketball team and, and the team was okay. And they'd win some and they'd lose some. And, and at the, at the end of the season, when, when they was going to sign up for the team again, he said, dad, I don't, I don't want to play. And I said, Ben, why not? You know, you, you seem to be enjoying it and you've gotten better. And he said, cause it's not fun. You know, we play, but we don't really hang out at the end of the game. Everyone goes their own way. You know, the coach hasn't done any team. I mean, this is him, any team building, mm -hmm. you know, because he's coming from the camp environment. Right. He's like, you know, we, we just show up and we just practice and he yells at us. And then at the end of practice, everyone puts their head down and, and leaves. So I, I don't feel like I'm part of the team. You know, I feel like I'm just playing. And, and I just thought it was fascinating because he, he wasn't concerned that, that they were losing or that anything was going on. He was concerned that they weren't cohesive. And, and fast forward now, he's playing for his school team. They lose every game by 30. You know, they're, they are not good, but he shows up every day happy. The coach is engaging. The kids are, are, are supportive of one another. They dress up on game days and, and, you know, dress up for a boy, which mm -hmm. is, you know, 
a shirt tucked in as opposed to <laughs> a, you know, an athletic shirt. Um, but he's, you can see how happy he is. And, and back to the, you know, the idea of camp, that's what we do at camp intentionally. You know, these coaches, their job isn't to make the, the boys friends, right? Their job is to coach and make the kids better at basketball. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that it should start with making the kids friends and making them appreciate one another. And then they will get better at basketball and they will learn in a different way. It, the coaches just aren't, aren't um, wired that way. Right. Well, it's kind of like the way Coach K talks a lot about basketball that, you know, you each come as a different finger. I want to put you guys all in a hand so that you work together. Right. And if a, a group of people working together, they're going to be better more, much more quickly. We, it's funny, we had a, a, a coach actually of a girls, uh, we had a hockey team, a girls hockey team, and she would get dressed up and like, she got dressed up like a coat and tie and slicked her hair back like she was an, an NHL hockey coach. And the girls right. thought it was absolutely hilarious. And that was kind of a common denominator. They wound up you know, losing that day, but they still had so much fun. And they came back talking about it um, and using that as kind of a shared experience. Like, do you remember when Coach Kelly did that? Right. And, that, and that, that's, that's the common denominator. And and you think about how 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 staff and kids are at camp, they're constantly doing that. Right? They're they're mm-hmm. constantly painting their faces or dressing up, you know, wildly or 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 doing something that that will resonate with the kids because they feel very free at mm-hmm. camp. You know, that that's normal. You know, my, my friends all laugh at me because I don't dress up for Halloween. And, and they say, why not? I'm like, because I spend my whole summer dressed up. I don't, I, don't, I don't need one day to tell me it's time to dress up. You know, I, 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 have, I have 50 costumes that I wear throughout the summer. Halloween's your time. You know, you, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you take it. I, I, don't, I don't need it. I got, I, got my own, I got my own time at camp. So let's, let's kind of talk flip side for a little bit. Instead of all just the fun stuff that is sure. so much fun, when friends kind of get – their 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 hairs cross. You know they have a hard time talking. They they get to a place where they're you know having a difficult time. I know it happens. You know your camp. It happens at my camp. It happens back in the real world. How do you try to help the kids, uh, you know, overcome those challenges between each other? I think it starts with conversation. You know, it always starts with being able to express why you're feeling the way you're feeling, and 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 sitting with a really positive role model to sit with you and and help you articulate. And, and, and I referenced this earlier to, to make sure kids understand that we're talking about the actions and not the child. So if, mm. if, if Cole is not right. nice to Sam, then it doesn't mm-hmm. mean Cole's a bad kid. It means Cole was mm-hmm. just not nice in that moment. Right. And, and so we have, to, we have to identify that as, a, as, a, as an action and not as a, uh, as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for kids, especially, they have to be able to um, accept responsibility if, if they've done something that, that's not you know, kind towards someone else and then be able to also then accept apologies and, and, and move on from that and say, you're still my friend. Uh, I, I didn't like that this happened, but, you know, we're going to start fresh. And, and right. so I think it, it all it all comes down to, to positive counseling and and having people sitting together and, and focusing on it. Yeah, I totally agree. I, mean, I think it's one of the many reasons why we're we're friends is that I always say that we only have good kids at camp. Sometimes their behavior gets out of whack and we got to talk That's about right. it. You That's know, right. So. There is no bad kid, right? There are bad right. behavior. There are bad situations, um, but there, there, aren't, there aren't bad children. Right. I hear, hear. So what would you say for parents back home? Like what are from a lifelong camper, from a, a professional camp director or someone who's worked with literally thousands of kids – what would be some of your, kind of your big takeaways for parents and teachers and coaches back home who want to work with kids and want to help them build their friendships? 
I, I think that uh, it's important as a parent to be realistic about your child and, and who they are and, and what their strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. Um, which I think sometimes, especially today, parents uh, are, are, are have real trouble with. Mm-hmm. It's okay if your kid's not the number one basketball player. It is. It's just okay. It is okay if he's not the smartest kid in the class. It's okay if he's just or she is just who they are. Mm-hmm. And so I think number one is is appreciating your child for who they are. Um, and then when it comes to friendships, it's not, not every kid is the most popular kid and not every kid needs 50 friends. Yes. Uh, sometimes, sometimes kids just need one or two good friends and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they're not popular. It just means that's, that's what they, that's what helps to make them tick. So uh, I think as parents, we have to remember that it, it doesn't mean that they're not cool or not popular if they're not going to the party on Friday night or if they're not, um, you know, always Snapchatting and, and connected mm-hmm. to others. It, it's just a matter of, of being confident in who they are and, and you being confident as a parent in who they are and then nurturing friendships that, that come their way and, and let them kind of pick and choose, you know, how many friends they need, who they want to be friends with and, and what they're going to do and, yeah. and, and guide them in that way. It's funny. I think that we as parents always come at this from a kind of a fear standpoint, like my kid's not being accepted. My kid's not, you know, connected. Um, and I feel the same way. If you have one friend, it's, it's sometimes it's all they need. Like my youngest, he needs one or two friends and then he is so happy. Like he's off like a rocket ship, you know, where my older one wants to have a little bit more interaction. So um, everybody is different and whatever level that they need to be at, you have just to help them to get there and accept it, like you said. And that's, you know, I think your point is so right. You know, like there's some kids who just don't need 50 friends. Mm. And as parents, you start thinking like, you know, he has he didn't get, he wasn't invited to the party and how's he going to feel? And the reality is they feel fine. Right? And if they don't, then, then they, they'll tell you. Right. Um, sometimes it's overwhelming to, to be in a large group. Oh so, gosh, absolutely. You know, right. So if, if, if your son or daughter just wants to, you know, hang out with one person on a Friday night instead of going out with 30. That's mm-hmm. okay. You know, that's and, it. and it's also okay if they don't want to hang out with anyone, if they just want some time to themselves yeah. because they're, they're so programmed and they're so busy and they're so, you know, running from place to place. Sometimes they'll just don't want to do anything. It's and- funny you say that we, we actually, we even have a, uh, we created a program, a, a 45 minute section of the day called chill in the hill or library where the kids can literally go take a book and sit and read. And the great thing is we'll have 15 kids sitting in those little, you know, everywhere chairs, reading their books at Camp Mom Judy's garden. They won't be talking to each other. They'll be sitting next to each other. And by the end of it, they get up like, that was awesome. Right. It's like, okay, great. (laughs) They they just, sometimes they just need time to just be themselves and and be disconnected. We were just on a, on a, on a family trip with a, a group of, of four other families. So it was a lot, you know, you're on a bus and you're doing activities and you're running. And one morning uh, I just stayed back with my younger son and we played cards and I taught him how to play backgammon. And then we went for a walk to this really cool market. And he looked at me and goes, dad, this is so much better than being with the, with the group. <laughs> and, and I said, yeah, I, I so appreciate that. The group is great too. But it's right. okay that, that, that you love this and you needed a morning to just do your thing yeah. and not be told you, you have to wake up at eight and go to the group at nine and go to, yeah. and you know, for you at chill in the hill or, or reading, mm-hmm. sometimes kids just need that. Just let yeah. me be and, and don't tell me to, to do something every minute of the day. Yeah, down, downtime can certainly be very magical and very yeah. needed. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> Well, Sam, I, we're bumping up on time here. I, I know you've got kids coming home and, and I do too. So um, 
are there any resources, any books you've read, any podcasts you listen to, anything that might be helpful to parents to kind of think along these lines of helping their kids develop, you know, really meaningful friendships back home? Yeah, I think they're great. The AC, the American Camp Association has has great resources on on the national website and also in the the New York, New Jersey section. Um, there are there, there's not any one blog or, or podcast that I, that I go to. Michael Thompson is mm-hmm. a great author and and advocate for uh, being outside and and being free. Um, Wendy Mogul is another great author. You know, mm-hmm. blessing of a skin knee great and book. talking about independence and and being out there. So there, there, it, it, it's so easy today. You can just Google, you know, camp friendships or kid friendships. Um, but I, I think what I would say is just it, it. Parents should make it a priority and make it something that, that that's important to them to research and 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 figure out what what works for them and, and for their kids. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Well, before we go, can you tell us just a little bit more about you know how parents can can find you and a little bit more about Woodmont Day Camp? Yeah, Woodmont is located in in New City, New York, in Rockland County. We have buses from Westchester, Rockland, Manhattan, um, Bergen County, where woodmontdaycamp.com is our, is our website. You can find us uh, on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And um, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're thrilled with the population that we serve. You know, our, our core values of, of kindness, confidence, and respect are, are a huge part of our program. And, and yeah, as we talked about earlier, we can do that at camp. You know, we can mm-hmm. pick what we want to focus on without having to worry about history and science and math and things that are clearly important, but you know, the 21st century skills of working together and, and, and perseverance and grit, you know, those things are, are going on at camp. So um, you know, Woodmont is great and, and being a part of the camp community is even better. Fantastic. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I can't wait to see you again around the campfire. Sounds great, buddy. See you soon. All right, bye. Each summer at camp, I hear the older campers talk about being their best selves. I also see them interact and connect with kids around them in ways that can lead you to only one conclusion, that they've built these incredible and lasting friendships. I never put the two together, to be honest, but it completely makes sense. Think about your closest friends, those that you can catch up with like you've never left each other, no matter what the situation, the, the, the friend who always has your back and will always hold you accountable, the one that's your true friend. You've always just been yourself around them, and they've always been themselves around you. No walls, no guises, just truly who you are. At school or in after-school activities, many of our kids, if not all of our kids, have a role to play, that they don't always get to be their true self in those situations. And this results in surface-level friendships or, or friendships of convenience forming. Only when our kids can relax and be their true selves can they truly open up the door to a deep friendship. And frankly, parents, we're the same way. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you've not already done so, please leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you're using to listen. And please tell your friends. Our campfire is big enough for everyone to join, and we'd be grateful to have you help spread the word. Until we talk again next, I hope you have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. 
We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting SCOPE. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.